This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Rachel. We're the creators of Plant School. Rachel's going to be teaching me, a plant novice, everything I need to know about plants, plant care, and gardening, all in a way that anyone can understand. Yeah, whether you have never touched a plant or you consider yourself an expert and you want to just learn more, this podcast is for you. And though it sounds simple, there's actually a lot to cover. So what are you waiting for? Join Join us us in in Plant plant School. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everyone, welcome to episode 21 of the Plant School podcast. I don't have Sam here with me today, um, but I do have author Katie Vaz here. Did I say that your last name right? Or is it Vaz? It's Vaz, but it's close enough. (laughs) All right, so Katie Vaz, um, and she has so graciously um, wanted to come onto our podcast, and we're so excited to have her. Um, She is the author of My Life in Plants, and we're going to be discussing that book with her today. Um, But before we jump into that, Katie, would you mind introducing yourself, you know, who you are, where you're from, um, yeah, your passions, whatever you feel like sharing. Sure. So yes, so I'm Katie, and I am an illustrator and author and graphic designer, I'm based in upstate New York, um, pretty close to the small town where I grew up, actually. So I'm still in the same areas where my family was uh, from. And I I do a little bit of um, everything, I guess I like to say. So I do freelance illustration work. I do um, some freelance graphic design work for a university nearby. And I also run an Etsy shop where I sell greeting cards and art prints and other paper goods. And I've been doing that since about 2012, actually. Um, And then since about 2015, I've been illustrating books. And so that's my most favorite thing that I do. But um, I do like that it's kind of a mix of everything. Yeah, I, I've looked at your Etsy shop. It's amazing. I was so impressed that you've had like over, I think it's like over 6,000 sales. That like blows my mind. Yeah. And your artwork is amazing. This, your book that we're going to be talking about my life and plants is filled with it. And I feel like you have such a a unique style. I think if I saw a card, like in a store, I think I would know immediately that it's like your style, that it was you who drew it or, you know, did the, what's the word when you like draw letters? I don't know. Um, yeah, just like lettering, I guess. Lettering, yes. Yeah. I feel like you have just this very beautiful, unique style, though. And I love how your book is filled with it. Thank you so much. That means so much to me as an illustrator. I feel like that's 
like the wish for all of us is to have a unique identifiable style and it's something you chase after forever I think but um and it's not something you can force and I feel like I've been illustrating since about 2012 or so I think and in the beginning that's just what I dreamt of like I want to have something that looks like me and it's recognizable but mm -hmm. you're still in the beginning you're still exploring and trying to find that and it's it's just something that happens very slowly over time and so it yeah it basically it just means a lot to hear that it's starting to happen I guess <laughs> yeah, no I bet that's exciting so my first question for you um specifically about my life in plants is how how did like this book come about and what inspired you to write about plants within your life? Yeah, so I actually, I think it was around in 2017 or so, I had started this personal project that was just supposed to be something fun where I would practice drawing plants and I labeled it plants I've killed. And I just thought this would be a really fun way to draw plants and practice my style and also document all of the poor green things I couldn't keep alive because <laughs> I feel like I had a really bad pattern of killing all of the plants that came into my house. So yeah, it was just something to entertain myself and something I could work on on the side just for me. Um, but my, I work with a literary agent and she saw some of that work and she was like, I think there's something there. And after looking back at all of, um, the plants that I killed and, and how this has kind of been like a, a long-term thing for me, I realized that plants do play a really big part in my life. And they've really always been in the background. They've been this sort of audience to all of these experiences in my life. And I feel like they're just a part of who I am. And that's, a little bit because I like them so much, even though I kill them. <laughs> um, but also because I grew up around plants and gardening so much. And yeah, just looking back at all of the things I've been through, there's always been some sort of plant or garden theme or flower um, in the background there. And so that's where the idea came from. It, it just felt natural thinking about all of those things to do a book about the plants in my life. Gotcha. I love that. And I feel like that's something that everyone can relate to, but they probably don't really think about. Like, I grew up around plants, but I've never really taken a step back to think about them and what kind of role they played, what significance they held. And to read your book, that was really, I don't know, enlightening for me to read and be like, you know, what, what plants do I have in my life? And like, how have they helped me, you know? And um, like, what what's the meaning behind them. So I thought that was a really cool, I don't know, insight to have in a book. And I loved that you were able to make a memoir of your life revolving around plants. Thank you, um, yeah. That was my hope going into it is that I thought it was a really good experience for me to look back on these things. Like you said, I didn't really notice at the time. Um, but I've heard from some other readers, actually, that they've really enjoyed that, that it's reminded them of people in their lives or certain memories that they haven't really thought about in a while. And I just think it's nice to have the excuse to do that when you can. Yeah, for sure. And that kind of brings me to my next question of how, like, what was your process to go back into your past and remember plants in your life? And was it easy? Was it hard? Tell me more about that. Yeah, that's a great question. So um, being the illustrator and author of this book, um, I actually wrote the manuscript first uh, before touching any of the illustration work other than a, a few samples to 
pitch the book um, to publishers. So I worked for about a year and a half on the manuscript with the help of my agent. And I started with a list of just a very basic list of all of the plants and flowers that I thought that I would want to write about or that felt significant to me. And then once I had that like skeleton um, planned out, then I really dove into each plant and thought about the memories that are that were attached to it, the experiences that happened around that same time, and if there were any lessons that I felt like I learned um, going through that time period. And so it was, I don't think it was difficult to come up with the list. I thought, I, I think I was pretty excited actually to, to get the chance to look back and pick out the things I'd want to write about. But I was honestly very surprised at how emotional that process was. So going into it, I just thought like, this is a great chance to look back on things and um, talk about what I went through. But some of the experiences that I had to remember were really difficult to think about, such as um, losing my dad in college and my beloved cat that got really sick. And that was like my first experience with pet loss and, um, I felt like these were important things to include. So it wasn't that I was forced to, or that I had to, but I thought that they were a very important, um, they were important chapters in my life and they were important to include. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't too difficult to think back on everything. I think, uh, there were some instances where I had to look at really old photographs or <laughs> ask my mom and sister very random questions <laughs> out of the blue. Um, but for the most part, it was enjoyable to think back and remember those different experiences. Um, and I think in the end, it was very helpful to revisit the painful ones as well. I think that I worked through some of those issues that I, I thought I had already made peace with and, and gotten over. Um, so yeah, so it was definitely a roller coaster experience, I think, looking back on everything. Yeah, and that's one thing I really did love about your book is how I feel like you did get into some of the intimate details of your life that I feel like a lot of people love to skip around because they are painful or you, you don't really want to remember them. But I have to thank you because um, after reading those chapters about your dad passing, it made me kind of step back. I have both my parents still um, and both of them, you know, their parents have passed on. And so I actually called my mom and asked her, like, can you just like, can you tell me what that's like? Like, what is it like to lose your mom and your dad? And like, how can how can I be ready? Because that's something I think all of us fear in life is losing our parents. Um, but your book kind of really prompted me to do that. And me and my mom had a really great conversation of, you know, kind of that emotional piece of your life that is missing you know you you can't pick up the phone and call them when you want and how hard that can be so thank you for writing about that and sharing that with the world because it led to some really deep conversations with my mom that I'm glad that I had about her relationship with her mother and her father so I think I think that's really cool that you were able to to share that in your book. Thank you. Yeah, that's really, really wonderful. And that means a lot to me to hear that. And I'm so glad that that opened up the conversation for you and your mom. I think it is such a difficult thing to talk about, especially if you haven't been through it, you don't really know what to bring up or what to talk about. Um, and like you said, it's, it's 
what everyone fears, but it's at the same time, it's a natural part of life and it's sort of the order of how things should go. And it's really sad to think about, but um, yeah, that really means a lot to hear that it, it helped your relationship with your mom. So thank you for that. Yeah, of course. And on a lighter note, I have, I read a certain chapter and I was like, I need to know more about this. So I worked as a force for a very short period of my life. I think, I think it was about like six months that I was a florist. Um, But I read the chapter about your, that included your wedding bouquet and I loved your choices. So I'm going to read it real quick. Okay. So you said that there were creamy white cafe au lait dahlias that were tinged with shades of pink and peach, pure white ranunculus with delicate layers upon layers of silky petals, velvety white and blush garden roses, dainty ivory and mauve snowberries, fragrant sprigs of woodsy rosemary, spiky pink veronicas, forest-like ferns, dusty blue silver dollar eucalyptus, fluffy tufts of dianthus green trick that look like they came from a mossy forest floor and whimsical fiddlehead ferns. And I, I don't know, I was reading this, I was like, oh my gosh, that it sounds like such a beautiful bouquet. When I got married, I definitely did not have anything close to this. I wish I had read your book and like <laughs> could take um, and copy your, your uh, wedding bouquet. But yeah, how did you choose this beautiful bouquet? Was it your personal choice? Did you see something? Yeah, tell me more about that. Yeah, well, first I want to say it sounds like a dream job that you got to be a florist for a little bit because I would love that job too. I think that would be so dreamy. <laughs> and it was fun, and it was nice. Sorry to interrupt, oh, that's but okay. <laughs> it was nice too because I was um, pregnant with my youngest at the time, and okay. so it was a perfect place to work. You just smell flowers all day while you're feeling nauseous, and so. It, it like wasn't a problem. It wasn't a stinky job. And I loved it. <laughs> that sounds wonderful, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm super excited that you want to talk about my wedding bouquet because I loved my bouquet so much. I think it is the flowers at our wedding were one of my most favorite parts of the entire day. And going into the wedding planning um, scenario, we tried to keep things on like a very fair budget as much as possible, but I knew going in, I love flowers. I think that I'm okay allocating more to the flowers and cutting back on other things because I just knew like this is the one day to treat myself Mm -hmm. um, to luscious, gorgeous flowers. But yeah, so I found a local florist actually uh, maybe like eight or nine months before the wedding or something like that. And I basically came to her with a list of the flowers that I liked to draw actually. And I was like, I think these are technically my favorite flowers, but this is what I love to draw. And I would love to see it in a bouquet. And I know nothing about floral design. So I'll, I'll tell you what I like, and then you can take it from there. So I told her that I really loved dahlias and ranunculuses. Is that the right plural? I don't know. I don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever that is. Um, and anemones and roses and also a lot of fern-like greenery. So I loved ferns and I really wanted eucalyptus in there because I loved to draw that also. And I loved the idea of incorporating herbs too, like rosemary. And then I also told her I liked um, succulents. And so Uh, we didn't have like an official color palette or anything like that, but we were getting married at a state park 
that was kind of in this like woodsy foresty area. And so I said something that is kind of reminiscent of that or complements that with um, my favorite color is hot pink, which you can see by my bright <laughs> sweater right now, but with tinges of that and maybe some other like blush pink incorporated throughout. And so um, from that, I was like, you let me know what you think beyond that. And like you said, she did a fantastic job. She incorporated things I had never heard of before. And it was, the bouquet was actually so big that it was hard to hold with one hand, <laughs> but I really loved that actually, because it was just so like overflowing and luscious and it wasn't, um, like tidy and, um, like super elegant. It was more romantic and whimsical and, uh, like this natural type of beauty. And I just love that so much. So yeah, I, I was in love with that. And I was so sad at the end of all of it that your bouquet isn't permanent and it can't last forever. So I actually tried to preserve some of it. I put some in tubs with silica gel beads. I pressed some and then I hung some upside down just to try, try all these different ways to save as much as I could. And I have a shadow box now that I tucked some of those in. Um, so they're a little bit like brown and crunchy now, but I can still remember <laughs> what it looks like. Oh, that's awesome. What a good idea too. I don't think I didn't keep my wedding bouquet because yeah, it's, it's hard to, I know there are companies that will like dry them professionally for you, but that wasn't on my mind. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, you can definitely send an entire bouquet. I think you can send bits of the flowers and, and everything, but I, I think some of it was kind of on the pricier side and I was like, I'll just try a bunch of things at home and see what happens. Oh, that's such a good idea to kind of preserve that memory. Yeah. Um, and it, so another question, did writing this book, did it change the way that you started to see plants in your life? Did you notice them more, appreciate them more, or was it just something that, I don't know, had kind of existed throughout your life? Yeah, I think I've actually, I was thinking a lot about this. I think that I see plants um, more as like these characters in my life now. Like they kind of like little creatures that are not like in a creepy way watching everything, but they are present for everything. And so I think um, I always knew that they were living things that you had to take care of, of course, but now I feel like I appreciate them for being these little um, like living personalities in my house that are there for my best and worst memories. And they're always going to be there um, just like they've been there since I was younger, whether or not it's the same plant because I probably will kill it at some point, but there will be a plant <laughs> there still somehow. Um, so yeah, so I think I've just embraced um, their presence a little bit more and I've noticed them a little bit more and I, I noticed them in different experiences a bit more than I used to. Gotcha. I just love that message that you can come away from your book is noticing them more because I, I don't know, for me, I feel like I, I forget about my plants a lot. And I think there's beauty in noticing the little things. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And noticing these, these little living creatures that bring us a lot of joy, um, that can hold special meanings for us. Um, and so what plants do you have in your life right now, whether outside or inside? Yeah, I have. So I recently counted, I have, I think, 14 house plants in my house right now, which is not huge, but this is like 
this is where I max out, where I would lose control, I think, and kill everything. <laughs> um, but I have a bunch in my office right here that I'm looking at right now um, because my office gets really great um, southwestern light. Mm -hmm. So in upstate New York, um, the rest of my house doesn't really, isn't really the best for plants, but um, I have a ponytail palm in here, a parlor palm, a Christmas cactus, air plant, and a pilia peperomioids. I don't know how to say that one. Me neither. So you're just <laughs> Okay, we'll make it up. And I recently got a rattlesnake plant that I put in our bedroom window, actually, that's doing well. And I think that's my favorite right now because of how it opens and closes throughout the day. This mm -hmm. is really special. Um, and because it's winter, I don't have anything alive outside right now, but I do in the summer have um, some container gardens where I grow vegetables like tomatoes and peppers and herbs like basil and rosemary. And then um, usually some like buckets or other containers with flowers like um, geraniums and marigolds because those were the ones that my family always planted. And so I find myself now planting the same things, not really on purpose, just like this is what I plant because that's, it reminds me of my family and I think reminds me of um yeah just growing up around all of that yeah I love that um sounds like you have a really good collection of plants a common misconception is like I I do this podcast and I and I like love plant care but I honestly don't have that many plants so I probably I don't know if I even can beat your 14 <laughs> which is kind of sad but it is what it is. It's okay. I, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. At this point in my life, I have two little boys, and sometimes oh, yeah. I'm just like, I can't bring another plant. Right. I'm just gonna die. You have enough to worry about at that point. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I've seen some crazy amounts of plants on like the plant influencer circuit, mm -hmm. like on Instagram. It's just like an indoor jungle, which looks beautiful. But I know that that is not for me because I would just go mad. I think. <laughs> Yeah. Trying to maintain it all. Yeah, it it looks beautiful and go them for having exactly. so many plants. Maybe one day <laughs> when I'm like an old, old lady, I can get to that level. But right now I'm like happy with the small amount that I have. Yeah. And that's important too, because like we've been talking about, they're supposed to bring us joy and comfort. And so if it's just driving you insane, then that <laughs> that means you're too far in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so this is one of, one of my last questions for you, um, while you were writing this book and looking back now, what are some of the biggest takeaways you got from this whole experience of writing it? I think that one of the biggest things that I guess I would take away from this experience was the emotional journey that I went on writing it. So when I went into this book, I did, I just thought this would be like a really fun book about all the plants and I could talk about um, the different ones I've had, but I really did not expect to, um, like I mentioned before, go through this roller coaster of emotions. And um, yeah, it just, it was really shocking and surprising how emotional and upset I got thinking about certain experiences. And I think it was really, really helpful in the end that I went through it. And I didn't set out to do that at all, but I think it was kind of like going to therapy a little bit the way I feel now versus how, when I started, um, I think there were a lot of things that used to haunt me as far as like 
mistakes that I felt like I made or different experiences that I thought that I handled really poorly or just different things that I went through that I thought I had gone over, but it turns out I hadn't. Now that I'm done with the process, I feel like those things just aren't there anymore. And I think I found a lot of peace and forgiveness for my past self, looking back on everything from this older lens, far removed from the actual like heat of the experience. Um, so yeah, so I think it was, it was just like a journey that I had to go on that I didn't realize in the beginning. And uh, looking back on it now, I think that's the biggest thing that I, I've taken away from the book. Yeah, I feel like this could be like a therapy practice that people should do all the time. Yeah, that's go really back. a good idea. Yeah, I think I might, I might need to sit down and just like go through what plants have been a part of my life and, you know, what they meant and maybe work out through some things. Because I feel like we all probably have moments in our past that we kind of skip over because we don't really like to right. think about them or dig through them. So yeah, I think that's really cool that this book allowed you to kind of sift through those memories, like become more at peace with them. Um, I think, yeah, I think we should all practice. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I agree. I think that would be a really great exercise because for me, it was like kind of a long form of journaling really, which I've always had trouble getting into, but this was one of the first times where I really dedicated a lot of time to be introspective about things. Mm -hmm. And so I've actually been trying to get into journaling now as a form of self-care just for me, um, like gratitude journaling and just sort of like therapy journaling where mm -hmm. I look back on things and just write about whatever I can think of around it. So, so yeah, I totally agree. I think that would be such a great exercise and plants would be such a good and easy prompt for people to think back on. It doesn't, um, maybe you'll come up with some deep things around it, but it could just be starting with different things about your family or, or childhood and growing up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great idea. Yeah. And I'm sure that's going to be an easy thing because most of our listeners are people who are very much so plant people. So that is something they can definitely hold on to and exactly. start that process with. Um, so lastly, where, where can we find like more of your content? How can we support you? Where can we find your book, My Life in Plants? Sure. So My Life in Plants is actually available wherever any books are sold. So you can find it online on the big sites like Barnes and Noble and Amazon, and you can check your local bookstore. If they don't have it in stock, they can definitely order it for you. Um, to find out more about me, you can go to my website, katievaz.com or follow me on Instagram. I think probably the platform I'm most active on, but my uh, name on there is Katie Marie Vaz. And, um, and if you'd like to look at my Etsy shop, you can, um, I think it's, uh, I'm blanking on the URL for, but if you search my name on Etsy, it will show up. <laughs> well, perfect. And I personally follow you on Instagram and it is so enjoyable. You, I love how you share a lot of your illustrations. Um, Tater, your dog is adorable. <laughs> I love seeing how, I don't know oftentimes you will draw your plants, I feel like on your Instagram, um, but also just really fun stuff like 
homemade marshmallows. I didn't know you could make homemade marshmallows. <laughs> yeah, I got so because I'm home all the time now. I got super into making candy, and I found <laughs> once you have a candy thermometer, you can make a bunch of different types of candy. And marshmallows were surprisingly easy. I was shocked because I thought that would be like I don't know. That's for like professional candy makers. Um, but it's yeah, it's pretty easy, and they are really good, and they melt so well in hot chocolate. <laughs> So uh, I highly recommend them. <laughs> yeah, I think I might have to invest in a candy thermometer and try it out because yeah. my three-year-old loves marshmallows, so we might as well try and make <laughs> them ourselves. Yeah, they last a long time too. So yeah, I think it, it's a great idea to make. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for coming onto our podcast, for sharing your book with us. Um listeners out there this was such a fun read um just to see all of the illustrations throughout was such a joy in and of itself um but to also learn more about katie and kind of connect just to someone else out there who has probably gone through some of the same things um it i don't know i loved it it just reminded me that we're all humans we all have some sort of trial that we're working through um and it was such a good reminder you know, that kind of just like that we're all in this life together, finding joy in things. It was fun to see how you find joy in plants just like I do um, and how that has worked throughout your life. So thank you again for coming on and for sharing this with us. Thanks, Rachel. I think you said it better than I could, but thank you so much. And thanks for having me on as a guest. Yeah, of course. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, or Pocket Cast. Also, you can follow us at Tinny Plants on Instagram, Pinterest, or YouTube. Once again, that's Tenny Plants, T-E-N-N-E-Y Plants. If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcast episodes, email us at tennyplants at gmail.com. Or if you're on YouTube, go ahead and comment below and don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.